0: of Don't Give Up, our series talking about Hebrews chapter 11 and Hebrews chapter 12. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to get there in just a second. Uh, Last week, Jim did a really good job of walking us through Hebrews chapter 11, and he gave us practical applications from the lives of several different people in the Bible and how they can make a difference. Their story connects with our story. And so we want to remember that as we continue, that all of these things are connected to each other. While you're getting to Hebrews chapter 12, I just want to let you know that we're going to be talking about extra weight today, okay? Talking about extra weight. Now, we're talking about it in spiritual terms, but let me start off by talking about physical things because a lot of times there's an analogy, a parallel that makes sense to us. So, I'm carrying some extra weight. I had a, a physical at the end of last year, and the doctor said, hey, you know, everything's looking really good, except for you need to be like getting rid of some of that extra weight. It's not really good for you. It's not helping you out. And so one of the things that I've determined, is pretty obvious, like the best way to do this for most people is just like exercise more and eat less, right? I mean, it's not that hard. It's not like some big complicated f- formula. But for me, my biggest problem with this extra weight is in the evenings. So like after I have a meal, it comes time to, you know, unwind at the end of the day. And what do I want to do? I want another meal, Right. It's not always like a whole meal, although the calories are. It's like, I think I want something salty. So I go and grab potato chips, which is probably my worst thing. So I grab some potato chips and I eat the bowl of potato chips or the bag of potato chips. And then I say, oh, it wasn't really salt I was looking for. I wanted something kind of sweet. You know, so then I go and I get a bowl of ice cream or a bowl of cereal or something. And I say, you hey, know, that wasn't quite it. I guess I must need like meat. And I go find some leftover meat and eat, right? So this is kind of a problem for real. So the guys in my 2D groups, their responsibility right now is to text me every night and say, don't eat. That's literally what we're doing. And uh, I appreciate them doing that. And if you have my phone number, you want to text me like at eight o'clock, they all do it like right at eight one and eight o'clock is like, boom. If you want to do that, that's fine. And if you don't have my number, don't ask me for it. I don't need it any more. It's great to have somebody that cares about you and says, look, you've got this extra weight. You need to get rid of it. Now, let me... You know, physically, is this extra weight like messing up my relationship with God? Like, is it keeping me from going to heaven? No. But is this physical weight even hindering me from being who I really could be and should be? Is it keeping me from becoming everything that I should be? And the answer to that is yes. And so I have to ask myself, why would I want to be hindered? Why would I want to be slowed down? And the answer is, I don't, and neither do you. And so when we take this into the spiritual realm, we do not want to be weighed down. And that's what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to talk about it next week. So Hebrews chapter 12, we're just looking at one verse today. It's the same verse we're going to look at next week. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, which should sound familiar. Again, that last part is part of our memory verse. But we're going to talk next week about the sin that entangles. It keeps us from running. Like it literally stops us. We're going to talk about that. Those are the very obvious decisions that we make behaviors that we have attitudes even that can stop us from moving forward in our relationship with God we also though today are going to talk about things that just weigh us down they slow us down spiritually they keep us from running the race that God has for us and sometimes these things are neutral. Sometimes they're not even bad things. They're, they're like kind of good things. But when we get them out of proportion, when we put them in the wrong place, then they're a problem. They're slowing us down. They're weighing us down. When we put anything before our relationship with God and make it a priority, then that thing becomes an idol and that's a problem. So some of these things will be kind of like that. But the main thing I want us to do is just to figure out that we need to get rid of some of this weight. Now, again, to be clear, I'm talking about spiritual flabbiness, not physical flabbiness. And in this race, just like in a physical race, you would not want extra weight on. And your goal isn't to focus on the weight. Your goal is to focus on the goal, right? When you're running in a race, you focus on the goal. And that's what it says, fix your eyes on Jesus. What is the goal? Jesus summarized the entire law the whole prophets, all of it. And he said, here is the goal. That you love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. That is the goal. That's the mission. That's the one that Jesus wants us to fulfill. And so we sang earlier powerfully about the cross. When I see the cross, I see freedom. Freedom for us because Jesus has forgiven us of our sins, if we've placed our faith in him. But symbolically, I want us to use the cross today to help us remember two things, to love God and to love people. So we can do that by using the vertical beam. This is representing our relationship with God. And when you think about Jesus, that's what he did, right? His whole time here on earth was based on this vertical relationship with the Father. He didn't do anything outside of His relationship with God outside of what God wanted for him. And we need to have our roots going down deep. And we need to have this vertical pointing towards God. And if we don't, if our roots are weak, if we don't have this relationship, we're going to be dry. We're going to dry up. We're going to die. We're going to get blown over by any wind that comes. So again, Jesus focused vertically always made sure he was in relationship with his father. He spent time in prayer. He spent time alone. He spent time fasting. We don't think he journaled, but I'll bet he would have if he had the ability. They just didn't have that ability. Wasn't available, accessible to everybody. Jesus focused on his vertical relationship. And then, After that was solid, and it has to be first. Then he focused on the horizontal. Out of this vertical relationship, Jesus was poured out in this horizontal relationship with people. The reason Jesus lived, the reason Jesus died was based on people. It was horizontal in that respect. Jesus said that he came to seek and save the lost. He was looking for people. It was horizontal. And when we, as followers of Jesus, we want to focus that same kind of way. You know, when you're thinking of this horizontal thing, it doesn't take long before your imagination takes you beyond your own fingertips, right? And that's what we need to do. We want to focus on the people around us, whether they're in our neighborhoods, in our schools, and our job market, and our workplace, wherever it is. We want to focus where God has planted us. But we also know that we need to be engaged in other kinds of things. We need to go outside of this normal circle. And you can do that here through some of our global partners, our GO partners, global outreach partners, such as International Friendships. It's a great way to get engaged. You can do that through Columbus Relief. You can do that through a lot of different ministry partners. You can do that internationally through our ministry partners. We have mission trips this year to Windward Islands with the the school there in Barbados. We have uh, a mission trip coming up in Arizona to the the Navajo Nation. We have a a summer trip for our teenagers, opportunities to serve beyond our normal circles. And right now, in fact, we have some people that are serving internationally, and we're going to pause just now and pray for them. Would you join me in that? God, we pray for Josh and Jenna and Rory and Melanie. And for Matt and Chelsea and Abigail and Sam, as they are serving you in Mexico and in Costa Rica, and God, we ask that you would just pour yourself into them so that they can be poured out for others. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have a goal here at Discover, that every single person at some point would serve cross-culturally, We know that that can happen here, again, through international friendships and other local. We have a lot of international people around us, but we also know there's a difference when we go from this comfortable culture of our own and go cross-culturally. And so we really hope everyone will take advantage of that opportunity to serve. It's what Jesus did. He left everything and came to a completely different culture to reach people. So we want to do that. But we also know that we do need to be engaged here locally as well. Again, in our own circles. So always remember that we have an opportunity to impact the world wherever we are. Now, as we do this, as we love God and as we love people, we find that these weights that we carry may be lifted. They may decrease this race that god has for us we would be able to run it more effectively because we're lighter we're freer and the idea of this this word that says to throw off everything that hinders it's kind of a catch-all word it means literally anything that is weighing us down that's keeping us from running the race and so we could sit here and talk about all kinds of things but what i want to do is just do something kind of simple We're going to use the letters ABC. These are only representative of many kinds of weights that could weigh us down, many things that slow us down. But we want to see how in each of these cases, they serve as an example of how this vertical and horizontal relationship, when we love God and when we love people, it can make an impact in our own lives so we can impact others. So one thing that we deal with, one weight that begins with the letter A would be anxiety. It's a big thing for a lot of people. It's growing in almost every group of people. Now, sometimes people need medications for that, and that's totally fine. When I get in a car to drive, I'm supposed to put glasses on. There's nothing wrong with my relationship with God, right? (laughs) I just need to wear glasses. It's the same thing. If you need meds to help you with something, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with your relationship with God. But let me also say that I think there are times when we're honest, we use something other than what the reality is to make a difference. Like we focus on something else when we should be focusing on a spiritual issue or a relational issue that is giving us our anxiety. The roots are not the thing that we're working on. We're working on symptoms. And so there are times when we need to approach anxiety also from a spiritual point of view. So if anxiety is keeping you from running the race that God wants, I want you to remember the two cross beams. okay? The first one is the vertical one, that you would focus on God, focus on your relationship with him, focus on being empowered by the Holy Spirit, ask God for his peace. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it's a vertical thing. First Peter 5, 7, cast your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. Part of this is simply believing the last part of that. He cares for you. God cares for me. He really does. He cares for you. He really does. And when you believe that, you begin to have a better perspective on the things that might be giving you some anxiety. Again, in the spiritual realm. In the book, Don't Give Up, chapter 4 is actually called Unhindered by Anxiety. One thing it says is this. In our prayers, we often tell God about our anxieties, but we never get around to telling our anxieties about God. When our prayers are filled with thanksgiving, when our prayers make our requests known to God, we are telling our anxieties that God is on our side and God can carry the weight. So if you're struggling with anxiety, focus on your vertical relationship with God. Also, if you're struggling with anxiety, focus on your horizontal relationship with people. Sometimes we tend, when we're struggling with anxiety, we, we tend to isolate. That's not what helps. So when we're struggling with anxiety, one of the things we can do is to look for other people to serve, to get out of our own situation and to go help somebody else who needs help and we can provide it. Or sometimes it's us saying, I can't get through this. Would you please help me? and we reach out to others for their help. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. This is God's design that we would encourage and hold up one another and be involved. So we love God vertically. We love people horizontally. When we do that, We may find that our anxiety decreases and that our impact, because of God's grace, increases. One weight that begins with the letter B is busyness. If you always feel stressed, maybe you're too busy. If you honestly say, I I cannot find time to just be Still with God. I just can't find time in my schedule. Then you're probably, no, no, no. You are too busy. Parents, some of us feel like we have to have our child involved in every single thing. When maybe what we need to do is to just be home with our kids and encourage them and talk with them and share a meal and listen and do that with our neighbors the people next door down the street and the apartment next door. Sometimes we're so busy, we miss out on opportunities that God has for us. And as a church staff and elders, we are being very intentional and prayerful about providing ministry without providing too much clutter. And we want, all of us, and we have to look at ourselves in the mirror, we have to say, in this margin that is being created, am I filling that with what God wants me to do in missional, visional kind of living? Or am I just filling it up with more stuff, being busy again? If busyness is hindering you from running the race, God wants remember the two crossbeams. Remember this vertical relationship. Slow down. Study deeply meditate, memorize blocks of scripture. Be silent. That takes time. I know, but that investment pays incredible dividends now and in the future. In Matthew chapter six, I like the way that the, the message paraphrases what we've heard so many times. I think it just gives it a new, fresh feel to us. Matthew 6.33, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. In Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Anything worthwhile takes time. And a relationship with God is worth the time that it takes. Horizontally, be with people. Eat a meal together. Cook a meal together. Ask important questions. Again, do this with family or friends. Do this with neighbors. Listen. Listen. participate consistently in a life group where you can share and be together over 50 times in the new testament there are these verses that are called one another verses and sometimes they're put into four main categories and, and let me just share one verse from each of these categories love john 13:35 by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love each other. Sir, 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Unify. 1 Corinthians 1.10. Agree with one another in what you say. Be perfectly united in mind and thought. Encourage. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are already doing. Like our relationship with God, our human relationships built on love and service and unity and encouragement, those take time, but they are worth it. So don't get too busy, but be intentional. Look up and look around. Love God and love people. One weight that begins with the letter C is control. I struggle with this one too. You know, I I like to be in control. And sometimes people that struggle with control, they hand something off, and then when they hand it off, what do they do? They micromanage the person they handed it off to. They're just controlling the situation even more. They think, you know, they're not doing it my way, and my way is the best way. Well, maybe it is, and maybe it's not. And maybe it really doesn't matter that much. Sometimes control rears itself, rears its head as rules and regulations. And in the spiritual realm, this comes into religion. And this drove Jesus crazy. You cannot build a relationship by checking boxes. That's not how it works. Sometimes control issues come from the reality that, oh, guess what, I cannot control things. And this is bothering me. And I'm stressed because I don't have control over X or Y or Z. If control is hindering you from running the race that God wants, then remember the crossbeams. vertically. Ask God, Lord, would you please help me to do better in this area where I think I have to control everything? Help me to realize that when you're in control, it's so much better anyway. Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. In Romans eight twenty eight, God works all things together for good for those who love men and are called according to his purpose. So God is way better at controlling things than we are anyway. Horizontally. Ask some people around you, do you think I try to control things too much? And then humbly listen to what they say. And if change needs to take place, ask the Holy Spirit to make those changes, to begin to change your heart and your life. One of the greatest ways to give up control is to simply do that. If you have ownership of something, just give it away. It's really interesting when you study Jesus and what he did. The most important thing that ever has happened on this planet is Jesus fixing our relationship with God and with each other and with all of creation. And Jesus is the one who did that. And he showed us how important it was. And then what did he do? He said, here, you take this message. I'll be with you. The Holy Spirit will come. But it is your responsibility now to share that message. He empowered his disciples, who empowered the next generation, who empowered the next generation, and has come all the way down to us. Paul talks about this in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and the things you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. If the most important message in the world can be handed off to someone else, then surely the things that we think are so important can be as well. We need to look up, and we need to look around, and we need to love God and love people. And when we do that well, we will find our need, our desire for control will diminish. Well, we could go on and on, right? D through Z. We could come up with many more A's Bs, and Cs. Maybe you don't struggle with anxiety or busyness or control, but maybe yours is like D, discouragement. Or E, ego. F, finances. G, gadgets. H, health, I, independence. We could just keep rolling. Things from A to Z will pull us down, and we need to learn to set them aside. And in your life group, in your small group, you will be able to talk about those things, to share your story, to hear others, to be encouraged, to encourage each other, and to pray for each other. When we identify what's tripping us up or slowing us down, it allows us to move forward. But... It's not always easy to identify the weight, especially if we've been carrying it for a long time. Summer 2009, I'm off playing and my wife's in this high-risk pregnancy and we already have a child. Boy, it was rough. You know, I just, every, going to the field, I would get ill, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. And you talk about hitting your knees. God cares for you. He loves you. He sees you in your struggle. He sees you in your brokenness. He understands what you're going through. And when He sees you, He is moved with tenderness and compassion. His desire as a father is for you to not bear this weight alone. He wants to take it from you. He wants you to be unhindered. He wants you to be free. That idea and that message of throwing off the weight, whether that's the weight of guilt, the weight of expectations, the weight of uh, some of the shiny and glittery things of this world, like just getting rid of that and focusing on what matters, what God has called you to. uh, To me, there's so much wisdom in that and freedom in that. So it's hard to run with extra weight. And guess what? You were never designed to do that. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If anything is weighing you down, keeping you from running the race that God wants, then trade your overwhelming burden for Jesus' overwhelming love. Now recognize that doesn't mean we are completely free to do whatever we want. Jesus says, you turn in this weight that you're carrying, and I will give you a different kind of weight. I will give you a yoke. And that yoke gives us purpose and meaning and ministry. And we need to remember that Jesus is the one who is in charge. We are yoked with Jesus. He is the leader. So it's not about our own path, right? If you start to go off the path and the leader says, no, this is where we're going, you're going to feel a little bit of that tension, won't you? Or when you try to run ahead of the leader, or if you're falling behind the leader, that yoke, you're going to feel a little bit of pressure, and so we remember Jesus, he is the king and he is the one. So whether we're on straight paths or we're going up hills that are difficult or we're walking through valleys that are challenging, wherever we are, we're connected to Jesus. And his burden is light and he will give us rest for our souls and he will encourage us and there are times he will even carry us. So if your burden, Jesus invites you to set down what's weighing you down. And to pick up his yoke of love, his yoke of purpose, his yoke of ministry, to learn from him and to find rest for your souls. So our our question then is, how are we doing with that? And what is the Holy Spirit saying to us right now? Let's pray. God, we know that there are many things that, weigh us down some of them we've briefly touched on and most of them we haven't but we know that if we will focus first on our relationship with you and really make sure that that is solid that there is hope and there is peace And God, when we get focused on ourselves, help us to focus beyond ourselves and to remember that we are part of a body, that we have the opportunities to love and encourage and to to unify and to serve each other. And God, help us not only to do that within uh, your church, but also to reach into the world and to love people and to follow Jesus together and continue to do that. For your glory. And God, whatever this specific thing that's weighing us down might be, um, God, would you work on that right now and encourage us to speak with others about it and and pray about it and be changed by your Holy Spirit? We pray in Jesus' name. This has been a sermon series by Discover Christian Church. Find more at discovercc.org.